chaka uga 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 chaka uga 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 chaka uga 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 chaka uga uga Welcome to issue 99 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. The Brotherhood of Badoon has mounted a surprise attack against Earth. You and the other Guardians of the Galaxy rush to Earth's aid, teaming up with the mighty Avengers in the process to beat back the Badoon. However, the Brotherhood of Badoon's leader, Drang, is a skilled tactician with a fleet of powerful ships and an overwhelming number of soldiers at his side. This won't be an easy fight. Though the Badoon were formidable, the teamwork and coordination between the Avengers and Guardians was enough to quell Drang's onslaught. After the battle, Gamora is able to extract critical information from Drang about why they attacked Earth by using a few persuasive interrogation techniques. As it turns out, Tanalir Tivan, better known as the Collector, heard about the Reality Stone on Earth, already having the Power Stone in his possession, and always looking to expand his collection, he hired the Badoon to steal Earth's stone. Deciding at best if the Collector had no stones at all, he set out toward his museum. So. Things didn't go as planned. The good? You broke into the Collector's museum. You beat the Collector. You know the Power Stone was here. The bad? An alarm went off as soon as you arrived, alerting the Collector to your presence. After you beat the Collector, he used his Elder God magic to trap you in his collection. Also, someone else seems to have stolen the Power Stone. Kind of a mixed bag here. On the bright side, whoever took the Power Stone cut the museum's power as a distraction, giving you enough time to get out of captivity. Maybe. Just maybe. You can leverage this lock and escape the museum before the Collector realizes what's going on. As you get out of range of the museum, the Milano sensors pick up another speeding ship within your vicinity. Assuming it must be the thief who stole the stone, you crank up the hyperthrusters and ride the ship's tail. When you get close, you realize you're chasing Nebula, daughter of Thanos, and Gamora's dear sister. It would be best if she didn't have the Power Stone either. With a sigh of relief, you kick back in your pilot seat and set course for nowhere. You have the Power Stone and you've captured Nebula. After discussion with the other Guardians, you decide it best to hand over both to the authorities. Because it's the right thing to do. The reward money may also be an incentive. As nowhere comes into sight, a massive pre-warship suddenly drops out of hyperspace in front of you, intercepting your course. Ronin the Accuser. He sends a brief transmission through your comms relay. Something about standing accused? Yeah, that seems appropriate. Then, he attacks. Good evening, I'm Daniel, one of your hosts, and joining me tonight is Steve. Hello. What's going on? Hey, you know, 99. You know, 99. I thought I had said 99 when I started this. Wow. Also with us tonight, of course, Mike, how are you? Hello, good. You'll be happy <laughs> to know it is not my birthday anymore. <laughs> oh, good. Good. I'm broke. 99 though wow yeah wow uh, okay i'll say it if you haven't got problems i feel bad for your son i got 99 problems and a podcast chain one
Podcast. If you haven't got problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a podcast. Jane won 99 problems. Nice. <laughs> that means one more. One more to the big 100. Oh my goodness. My goodness. Mm-hmm. There's some. There's some things in the mix, aren't there? There are. There's and some doings. Yeah, and it's too late to answer the survey. Or to send us an audio clip. Mm. By now, we've got tons. So thank you, guys. Yeah. Stay tuned. You get to hear them all. So while we have 100 coming up, we have 99 now. And I bet, Daniel, I bet there's something on your mind tonight. Well, Steve, you know how much I love a good review. Yeah. And we got one. Right? We got one. All right. Kind of deep deep for that one, did (laughs) you? Well... You know, it's almost daily I need, you know, my insecurities dealt with. So I'm grateful for uh, Gokurova, who left us a five-star review, guys. He said, fresh perspective. This podcast offers a fresh perspective on the game by focusing on the villain cards and how they thwart the heroes. It's fun and entertaining, so give it a listen. And if you hate it, then share it with your enemies, like your jerk Uncle Sven, who won't shut up about being a vegan each and every holiday. <laughs> that is so great. Yeah. Thank you, Gokorova. Oh, yeah. my God, that's fun. Best review yet. Uh, so uh, everybody else got to step your game up. <laughs> and proves that he listens to the end. Yeah. 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 So sweet. Thank you. So we got to get you a page a day with all these. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. That would really help me, guys. Yeah. Give you your yeah. morning kick. Yeah. Who needs coffee? I, I wouldn't. I'd quit coffee if I had that. Well, I don't so, know about that. But... I don't actually know, but I think that I just lied. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, Steve, what are we doing today? What was that dramatic reading? What's, what is happening? We are going to wrap up the Galaxy's Most Wanted campaign. The dramatic reading was the campaign story oh, uh, from the book. Brilliant. Brilliant. So, I bet there's some people out there who never read it before <laughs> so, <laughs> like mike <laughs> i skimmed it oh, okay. wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna talk campaign overall thoughts we're gonna look at the campaign challenge side schemes mm-hmm. and the market we're gonna talk a little bit about the market all right so we're gonna take a look at the campaign challenge side schemes first before we talk about the campaign in general so daniel why don't you give us the first one well steve how do these even work in the campaign oh that's a good idea Right. There's one side scheme per scenario Mm -hmm. that in campaign, it tells you during setup to add. So we'll start with the very first one. It's always a good place to start is at the beginning. And it'll tell you to add the Badoon Blitz side scheme, put it into play. And these are double-sided cards. So one side is for if you're playing standard and one side is if you're playing expert. Uh, And we'll see they have interesting mechanics and effects and they'll provide you with victory points, which you can then turn into units when you go to the market in between scenarios. Okay. All right. Well, let me read you the standard mode Badoon Blitz. It's got hinder three per player, victory one. And when defeated, each player may draw one card. And it starts with two on it. Well, that seems nice. It's it's something you want to do. Pretty much. Yeah. It doesn't hurt you if you just leave it there. It doesn't hurt. Nope. Now, if you're foolish enough to play this campaign on Expert, there's that Badoon Blitz. 
which has hinder four per player and victory one, starts with three. When this one is defeated, each player must choose and discard one card from their hand, and it has an acceleration token. Yeah. <laughs> Considerably different than the standard mode side. It's yeah. a lot different. Okay. Um, it is, but you can game this, right? Because it's when defeated. So you just have the last person, after you've already played your cards, the last person thwarts to get rid of it or something like that. Sure. Right. But it has a, a negative effect and it's just sitting there with an acceleration. Yes. yes, it has an acceleration token there. You have to do a lot more work to get rid of it. The Badoon are much, much better blitzers on Expert. That is for sure. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Yeah. And, okay, yeah, yes, you can gain this card, but that I think that acceleration icon is is the big thing because you have the uh, the Milano or the Ship Command set in this scenario. That's got a lot of side schemes in it that you want to get rid of. Mm. So this is going to stick out, stick in play for quite a while. Yeah, in a solo yeah. game, it has seven threat. That's not so easy to deal with solo. Yeah, that acceleration. I mean, that's yeah. In solo, you that you don't like that thing at all. In four player, that's not <laughs> so bad. I mean, still. Whereas in the other version, it's you might go for it if you just who wants a card? Okay, maybe I'll maybe I'll try to get rid of this. It changes your strategy. Well, what about the collector? Let's talk about his side scheme. This is Gallery of Splendor. In standard mode, it starts with three threat, hinder three additional threat per player, victory one. When defeated, place the top card of each player's deck face up into the collection. So the only good thing about this is the victory point, the unit. Yep. When defeated, place the top card of each player's deck. So that could that could bump it up, but important to note that it's a it's a static increase to the lose condition, right? Because the loss condition is X cards per player in the collection. So it's increasing that total by a whole, you know what I mean, a whole group. Right. Yeah, you're moving up one increment. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. In expert mode, it starts with an additional one, so you're at four. Hinder four per player. Victory one again. When defeated, each player must place one card at random from their hand face up into the collection, and it has a hazard icon. Oof. Yes, a lot more threat. The hazard is yeah. in collector is pretty tricky. Uh, one thing yeah. to note, right? Cards. One thing to note in this one when you're playing cards that have victory points, don't go to the discard pile, so they don't go to the collection. So this card itself does not go into the collection, yeah, even though point. even though it's leaving play. So one thing to note is that the when defeated on the standard mode is actually worse because you're pretty much guaranteed to always put a card in. Whereas, again, you can game the second one. You can't place a card at random from your hand if you have no hand. Very true. But the hazard icon's there. Mm. The hazard's worse. Yeah, I mean, compared to the Badoon Blitz on standard, this is just now a penalty, right? There was a nice little bonus for the Badoon. Now there's just a penalty. Yeah. I, I feel that's symbolic of the campaign. <laughs> yeah. It, it gets harder real quick. <laughs> Much harder, much faster. So, thanks for the card. <laughs> and now the gut punches. What's next, Steve? All right. Well, the collector's has two scenarios. So this one we're going to put into the collector two. There is no escape in standard mode. It starts with four threat with a hinder three victory one. When defeated, deal one damage to each player. That's rude. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. An expert. It starts at five and has a hinder four. With a victory one. When defeated, deal two damage to each player, and it has an amplify icon on it. 
Oh, boy. <laughs> so in four-player, this starts with 21 threat. 21 threat. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, I'm guessing, the highest in the game. <laughs> I mean, uh, at least that we've read so far. That we've read so far. Yes. Yes. Now, this this specific scenario, the main scheme starts with a lot on it, and you want to thwart it all away in order to escape, right? This one's right. like, here's 21 more that you have to deal with, or you're going to take an Amplify, you know, which which increases the boost icons on every card. So, yeah, yeah is, not is easy. One, is this the one where the collector gets plus one to his stats for every stage you advance? Yes. Yes. It is, right? So the Amplify icon, if you leave it too long, is going to hurt a lot. I like that the when defeated effects uh, tie into the last stage where the museum ship is firing on you and you're taking direct damage every turn. Or maybe not direct. You're, sorry, you're taking a lot of damage every turn. This just feeds into that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And there's no gaming this one. Nope, not at all. I mean, unless... <laughs> I suppose if one of the heroes is already dead, then they can't take damage. Ha-ha! Yeah. I, the best you can do is, okay, heal up before I pop this side scheme. Yeah. Oof. All right. Uh, moving on well, to Nebula. We, uh, Nebula. Nebula, Nebula. We haven't talked about her in a while, so glad she's back. Her side scheme is Guerrilla Tactics. In standard mode, it does uh, hinder three per player with victory one. It starts with a five threat. When defeated, place two evasion counters on Nebula's ship. Huh. Yep, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot. And, uh, and Expert uh, starts with six threat, has four hinder, like a hinder four per player, victory one again. When defeated, place three evasion counters on Nebula's ship. Um, it has an acceleration and hazard icon on it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> hey, remember how I just before said there's no one greater than 21? Yeah, we're in 22 now. Now it's 22. I can't imagine it would be even higher for No, me. there's no way. There's no way. That would just be kind no. of, That would be too mean. Three evasion counters. I mean, on average, okay, let's say you're you're really pushing it. You're trying to get these counters off as fast as possible. Every round, the first player is knocking off two. That's three rounds just to get rid of the extra. And we've played Nebula. We know how often her deck just adds more and more. That's yeah. an awful effect. Oof. Well, and if you don't go for it, it has an acceleration and the hazard. So you're yeah. drawing more of those cards. More techniques are going on. Her threat's going up. <laughs> it, it is, I mean, this is a villain-tastic uh, in expert mode. So For sure, for sure. It's standard. This is maybe one of those ones where you, I don't need that victory point. You just leave it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or, or really, like towards the end of the game, you've got it knocked down to one or two threat. You thwart it, then you finish Nebula off in the well, same round. They account for that because you get a victory point at the end if you have was it fewer than three evasion counters? Fewer than oh, two right. Or something. Right. Yep. Just to prevent you from doing that. It's clever. <laughs> mean yeah Yeah, record one unit for each player if there are one or fewer evasion counters on nebula ship one or fewer so you can't do that if you want that other one or fewer holy okay yeah let's talk about the next one because there was an update about the next one in the rrg the most recent one in the rrg it says galaxy's most wanted expansion page 18 campaign instructions setup bullet one should read optional Reveal the Kree supremacy side scheme. Use the reverse side for expert. So that they did was they added the word optional. So if you're playing campaign, you do not have to play with this campaign card. 
technically you're supposed to play with all the other campaign challenge cards. Well, but then you're missing <laughs> out on the fun. Yeah, I mean, you gotta get those victory points. So. You do? Okay. Well, Cree Supremacy, standard mode, this is the side scheme, starts with six, threat, hinder three, victory one, hazard icon. That's it. There's no win defeated effect. Oh. It's just a hazard icon in Rodan. <laughs> oh. So what you're playing solo. You've got the standard uh, activation that he does against you. You've got the the bonus treachery he throws in front of you. You've got the hazard icon on his ship and the hazard icon here. That's You're playing Heroic 4. And you start the game with the Power Stone, so he's got an extra boost card, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Heroic 3 and an extra boost. Well, I don't think it get much better for the villains, can it? No, I nope. don't. Take no. us home, Steve. All right. Cree Supremacy side scheme on expert mode has seven base threat and a hinder four. Uh, now we have the most, right? Uh, victory one, and it has a acceleration, an amplify, and a hazard icon. It has three icons. Yeah. <laughs> so an extra card. All those extra boosts are getting amplified. Eh, let's throw in an acceleration because there's not enough threat with Rowan any, any, anyways. Are there players who are of this game who are good enough to actually deal with this? <laughs> I, mean, I have to. I also have to let you know that if you're playing expert mode, you're starting with Ronin 2. The side scheme that's out is Cut the Power, which is a crisis icon with three threat per player on it. So you that's start with every play. icon in play. Yeah. I think it's fairly widely accepted that's basically impossible. <laughs> <laughs> like i oh i think just not even the difficulty of it but just trying to keep everything straight as well like how many of these icons do i have how many of these oh, icons point, do i have yeah. did i miss this so even if you manage to like quote unquote win what are the chances you did it right <laughs> yeah well fortunately you only have to manage all that nonsense for maybe two rounds right okay <laughs> yep true Fortune, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you've got you got that going place to you. manage your your hazard icons. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have terrible. I have not touched this on expert. I I'm afraid of it. Well, I hope so. You don't have to because it's now optional. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, FFG, for giving yeah. the heroes another break. Hero bias. <laughs> <laughs> Although this one almost seems fair. That's what. No, no, no. It has to be unfair. That's how we have to play it. We have to play it unfair. Good point. Well, I am glad the card exists because it is one card. It's one card out of your whole box. That means once you have card pool that's 10 years old and you're playing Doctor Strange plus all this other crap in your deck, this campaign yeah. will still challenge you. Yeah, sure. Now, here's an interesting thing. Why don't you just take Kree Supremacy on Expert and put it into play versus Rhino? Bam. Yeah, why aren't you guys doing that? Right? Yeah. That That's the interesting thing on the campaign cards is I wonder if you could play them in other, you know, oh, yeah. what if you use this as a modular set somehow or mini campaigns against other villains? Now, they can't really be a modular set because, you know, they, and they're double-sided and whatnot. But you could spice up other villains with them. Could be interesting. Poor Rhino. We rip on him so much, but by now he's got, you know, Kree <laughs> Militants, Kree Supremacy. He's just going to kick our butt. We've, we've actually made him invulnerable. 
the Power Stone, Infinity Gauntlet, yeah. Expert Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so when you guys are playing, do you ever? I I shouldn't assume, but uh, I know I only play on standard. I don't think Becky and Andy and I cared about these and just left them out there. I think they're good. I've definitely gone for them because I want the victory points. You want the victory points? That yeah. gives me the extra units to buy cards from the market. So the more of the more units I can get, the better. I yeah. just feel like we had so much other stuff to do that since it was never essential. You know what I mean? That's good design. That is. Yeah. Yeah. Should we see what you've been missing out on then? Well, I mean, it's only $3 that we lost. Oh, okay. That's not much. Three units, sorry. Because we'll definitely, we, I think we did the first one because it was good for you. Yeah, and the Ronin one, you're not doing anything with that victory point. So you're just clearing it to get rid of the hazard if you can. Right. Yeah, you're, you're not spending any money afterwards. Right, right. The other thing I want to mention, though, when we're talking about gathering the victory points here is that Badoon Headhunter modular set also can go in, in for campaign. That's another way to generate victory points and get units before we hit the market so. it's a trap it's a trap i think you kill a couple <laughs> you do it a couple times and then you got to slow down yeah so, yeah it's a trap all right well tell us about these market cards steve what is what does it even mean what are you talking about okay so the market is a whole bunch of player cards that the heroes can purchase in between scenarios and it says, units are the currency used by the Guardians of the Galaxy. While not strictly the reason the Guardians do what they do, <clears throat> baloney, we know that's the only reason, it never hurts to turn a profit. <laughs> and they're always looking for opportunity. So we're going to generate victory points by killing the Badoon Headhunter, clearing these side schemes. Every scenario has some achievements that you can do, right? Uh, like we mentioned, Nebula's ship, or uh, for the Brotherhood of Badoon, there's one where you end the game with no minions in play and you can get another victory point. So you're generating victory points. And there's a possibility to get six victory points per scenario if like you maxed it out. I don't know okay. if I don't know if you've if you get some and then you can't get any more. Like I don't know if I've counted that twice, but I think the total absolute complete maximum you could ever hope to get is twenty-four. And it could be a little off. It might be a little lower than that. But you're going to take those victory points in between scenarios and you're going to spend them. You're going to go to the store. Everybody likes buying bling and buy some cards. So all these cards have a unit cost on them, which represents the, the amount of victory points you've earned. And you buy them, you reduce your victory points, and you put them in your deck. And, and you have that card for the entire campaign. Love it. It's great. And if you're playing as a campaign, there's one copy of each. So one person chooses one, it's out. You bought it from the market. They only stock one yep. of each. They're like a crappy pawn shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is dramatically different than the campaign rewards from Rise of Red Skull, right? And that one, you just sort of earn certain things and uh, people pick, you know, I'm going to get improved attack and things like that. Yep. So th this is a lot different of a style. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about some of the, maybe our top three favorite, maybe some we never use. We're not going to go through every single market card, but uh, why, why don't we guys, Daniel... Do you have a card you like? I do. I have sort of like a suite that uh, do a similar thing that I like. Um, they're they're in the the unit two and three cost. The two I want to talk about are close call and in harm's way. Oh, 
But these are the cards that like you can hurt yourself a little bit to do good things. You know what I mean? Like hmm. wing it is you confuse an enemy and you confuse yourself, like that kind of thing. Um, you can stun an enemy and stun yourself. I like those things because like you could have, you know, someone who doesn't really thwart much confuse the villain. And when they're confused, it's not a big deal. And then, you know, you're not fighter grappling one to stun it when they don't really fight much. So that's kind of cool. But I love close call because I like canceling boost icons. And boost ability. And boost effects. Yeah. Why don't you read that card? Sure. Uh, close call is a hero interrupt when a bonus card is turned face up. A boost card, sorry. It's turned face up. Cancel that card's boost ability and all of its boost icons. Then discard it. Draw one card. So it's not like you're canceling it to replace it or anything like that. You are, it's just gone. If you have this in hand when Ronin's hammer comes out as a boost card. For example. Mm, very good. Yes. And In Harm's Way is the other one I like too, because I think it allows a not thwarty hero to be solo. You know? I see that as a She-Hulk card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So In Harm's Way is a hero action thwart. Take two damage, remove five threat from a scheme. So I like that. That's why I chose it it above all the other ones. Okay. You know, I have never used either one of those cards in my campaign. Huh. Me neither. Why not? I, I just had other things. Yeah. Um, I Now, they're both events. Um, yep. That whole suite is events. Yeah. I've tended to go for the upgrades. I like to get a card okay. and put oh. it out. I'll give you a couple of my that I've, I've been playing with. Please. That I like. I really, so I'm in the unit cost four. That's where I'm looking to go. So they're a little more expensive, but I really like hyper thrusters. It's a one cost upgrade. It's a Milano mod and tech hero action. Exhaust hyper thrusters, remove one threat from each scheme. If you control the Milano, remove one additional threat from the main scheme. It's just like a cheap, but even better beat cop. Because you're taking one off of everything and then... Most scenarios, you the Milano's in play, and and you're gonna have it in a solo every round, and and non-solo you'll get it, you know, every other turn if it's a two-player game, or whatever. But I like getting that hyper thrusters out. There's just so much threat out there. I really like getting that threat reduction going. And the other one I like from the four-cost group is armor plating, mm. uh, which is a zero-cost upgrade armor Milano mod. The hero interrupt when an identity would take any amount of damage. Exhaust armor plating, prevent one of that damage, two of that damage instead if you control the Milano. So this is great for just preventing rogue vessel damage. It doesn't have to be you. It can be any yeah. identity. Uh, you have to be in hero mode, so you can't use it on yourself in Alter Ego, but you can use it on an ally um, player. You know, sure. Not an ally card, but a, another hero or another Alter Ego. So yeah. I like both of those a lot. That's usually my first purchase. Hey, guess what? I'm a protection player. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, even if you're an aggression player right you're taking damage no matter what so yeah, yeah preventing it's, it's damage isn't bad removing threat isn't bad mike you have a couple that you like i have like i earmarked six oh, well give nice. us two two give us two right now okay two right now oh one of them what <laughs> let's start with the lower end uh you guys skip past one of the better ones in here that's creative solution unit cost two zero cost event Hero action, draw one card and remove a status card from any character. If the status was a tough, deal three damage to an enemy. If it was a stun, remove three threat from a scheme. If it was a confuse, heal three damage from an identity. This is 
on demand, whatever you need it to do. Super cheap. It replaces itself. Uh, usually if I have a little extra, I'll, I'll purchase this one. It's great. And these lower tier ones, they replace themselves, so they're not just clogging up your hand. Really nice. And wild icons. Wild icons. Yeah, they all have wild icons, right? Yeah. And then my other ones are from higher categories. Onrush. Unit cost, five. Zero cost event. Hero interrupt. When a card is revealed from the encounter deck, cancel the effects of that card and discard it. That's it. No replacement. <laughs> Doesn't only cancel the one revealed or that nonsense. The whole card. Done. Saved my bacon so many times. Yeah, that's, well, that's another card I sort of overlooked. Uh, I don't think I've ever played with that one either. It's that one card that's going to ruin your day, and it has Surge and Peril on it or something like that. Uh, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right, Daniel, you have another one you like? I do, I do. I'm a huge fan, huge, of Take the Fight to Them, which is a hero action. Look at the top two cards per player of the encounter deck. Discard any number of them. Then place the rest on the top and or bottom in any order. Draw a card. Love it. Is that the only encounter deck manipulation we have? Like truly rearranging the encounter deck? Um, that I can think of. I, I'm thinking about that now, now that we have the in-betweener and gardener in the card pool. Yeah, um, Falcon looks at cards. Oh, yeah. He discards a treachery, right? Or no, he, he just looks at them. Oh, Nebula's technique lets you do that. All right. Wide stance for Wide the Nebula stance. hero. Oh, yeah. We should remember that. Jeez. Yeah. It's like your favorite stance. <laughs> <laughs> I probably had the um, exact same conversation back in that episode, too. <laughs> Our memories are short. But my favorite expensive card, along what you were saying, Steve, about having an upgrade, something sitting out there, I don't really play um, much yellow in this game. So having a card like the targeting screen is very nice. Mm-hmm. That is a hero action exhaust targeting screen. Remove two threat from a scheme. Three instead if you control the Milano. So every turn, just do that. Ping, ping, ping. Right? Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, I don't play yellow. So threat management is very difficult for me. It's not too bad because I, I never play solo either. So, but like, yeah, I imagine solo fighters need something in this campaign. That's for sure. They do. The two cost is steep in solo. When you've got all this other stuff that it's vying for your attention, maybe, but not if you get it like in your opening hand. I think, but yeah, because two for two, and then it just or two and for three, forever, on yeah, and forever. You know, yeah, okay, like, but that's in your hand, and so is Gamora's sword, or so is you know that other big attachment that your hero has. It's a tough call. Yeah, I was gonna say my third one was gonna be targeting screen. You could see mm-hmm. the, the theme I have here going for the threat removal because that keeps me in the game longer so i can do damage maybe at a slower pace mm-hmm. like to build so my other third card would be cargo hold which is a two cost upgrade that costs six units and has a hero action exhaust cargo hold heal one damage from a friendly character if you control the milano heal one damage from your identity mm, yeah so that's right along the lines of the armor plating for me it you you can heal allies with it. You can heal, you know, your buddy's character. You can heal, and then if you have the Milano, you get to automatically heal yourself. So it could be two damage for yourself. If you're healing in a solo game every turn, which sort of keeps you keeps you going. You it guys does. both picked these upgrades, and I usually skip it. I usually skip tier six. 
Interesting. Do you do the um, remove from the game cards, Mike? I do. Uh, I usually pick one of them. Like, uh, okay. Before we get there, I will point out Sure Gamble, which is unit cost five. It's a zero cost event that reduces the resource cost of the next card played this phase by three. If that card That's costs nice. one, you've broken even. Anything more than that, and it's a deal. Yeah. 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 And it's next card, so it could be someone else's. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a sort of like a shawarma for somebody else or for yourself. Yeah. True. Um, yeah, those room from game ones, uh, there's, they're rocking. They are, but there's seven. I usually like to pick up at least one. And it's a toss-up, but I think the one I like the most is tried and true. Unit cost seven, zero cost event. Hero action, choose a player. That player may add up to three cards from their discard pile to their hand. Remove this card from the game. It is push-button Bruno. Hmm. Just those the, the three cards that either you had to pitch because you couldn't pay for them, or maybe they're resource cards to pull back your hand to play your big stuff, or maybe you're playing Ronin, you're halfway through, and you don't have any thwarting cards and you really, really need them. You just pull back all three of them. It, it's always a big turn. Always. Yeah, cards are resources, right? Card, yeah. Uh, okay, so I have never purchased a seven cost card oh my gosh pretty much pick the same set of upgrades i like to get them get them out and play and then focus on what my deck is designed to do i guess maybe it's because they're events and it feels like they're hit or miss i won't i won't have them when i need them but i'll always have the upgrade when i want it once you know once it's in play right i just wish they weren't seven right because like you can't get them after the first scenario you might not be able to get them after the second. If you do get them after, like, if you get them after the second, that means you did not spend anything after the first. No, you which can. feels wrong. Right, because you can only get six after scenario right, one. Right, but you want it, like, to, you need to kind of make you're a bank banking. account. Yeah, yep. you're bank- so that means you're not adding cool cards right away and waiting for them. So I- if you get a few ex- experience in the, sorry, a few units in the first one, you can spend two, get creative solution or one of those other really cheap ones, bank the rest. And the second one, you you get all those museum cards that are all worth victory points. So if you get just a few more, you have enough for a seven. That's how I usually go for it. Yeah, but I mean, if you, I feel like if you get them after the second scenario, it's not worth it as much. Would you agree? Like, yeah. I, yes and no, because I don't need these cards. In they're just nice little things. Three. Yeah. I need them in four and five. True. Good point. But they're also like two or three cards that you didn't get. Yep. That you, that you get to use all the time and will shuffle back into your deck. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is this is crazy. Like it's it's fascinating that we all have different opinions on this. It just it shows how people can play the, de- right. the game differently. Because my worry with say targeting screen is I don't play it and it's clogging my hand. I need that thwart card. I need that attack card, and I've got a bloody targeting screen in my hand. Well, it is a thwart card though. But not one that uh, Ms. Marvel can pull back. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> it just doesn't sure. quite fit the bill. Whereas any one of these seven cost cards does something and more. And then it's gone from your deck. Right, That's but a 40 Ms. Marvel wouldn't need this thing. So, right. Uh, and are you always playing Ms. Marvel? No. Well, no. Sometimes I'm playing. Here's a tactic, <laughs> right? Are you purchasing cards from the market to improve what you already do or to shore up your weaknesses? Right? Right. Yeah. Are you buying cards from the market for a solo game or a multiplayer game? Because in a multiplayer right. game, everybody gets the same amount. 
So some people could be buying Power Unleashed. Some people could be picking up targeting screens and navigation columns, right? Like, yeah, that's the other thing. The the upgrades are way better in solo mm -hmm. than they are in multiplayer because the more players you have, the less effective they are per round, right? True. Whereas you get maximum effect when they're solo. Yeah, and I mean, there's even a there's a scenario where you don't have the Milano at all, so they still they they get their lower version of them in that scenario and then you like uh escape the museum you don't start with the milano you have to you have to find it then these things kick into their slightly better version so. right uh also hats off to triple threat ready up to three characters and remove this card from the game uh that's characters that's not friendly characters oh you can just yeah you can just remove this card from the game to ready up the enemies that don't exhaust anyway nice <laughs> nice um I often find myself buying Ardent Resolve. I like that card a lot. Oh, that's okay. That artwork. That is cosmic powered up Gamora. Okay. Final Super Good Cyan art. in one run, and that's right. that's her. Nice. That's not Requiem though. That's not Requiem. Okay. Requiem, she's even darker and broodier. This card would be so good in my War Machine sneak attack deck. Oh, I guess we should see what it is. Did we say that yet? Oh, hero action. Ready a friendly character. Draw a card. Again, replaces itself. Yep, and it's an event, so, I mean, you might only use it once a game, but it's really good. Yeah, I mean, if you do draw it, you're going to use it, right? <laughs> I mean... Oh, yeah. So there's a question. How many of these do you want in your deck? Are you building 40-card decks? Because these don't count towards minimum or maximum. So if you're a 40-card purist and you buy three of these, now you're 43 cards. Does that, does that bother you? Does that factor in at all? Not a bit. No, I... I... Daniel, I think you and I are the same in this. We're both very cheeky, and we purposely build 41-card decks. 41. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these cards will replace themselves, so it doesn't matter. Uh, and the ones that disappear from the game, again, doesn't really matter. Right. Yep. And if you uh, put an game? upgrade out, put an upgrade out, it doesn't matter. It's not in your deck anymore. How strictly do you adhere to the 40 cards? Uh, certain decks, I want a 40-card deck. And other decks, I'll play a 50-card deck. So, which Crazy. I know is just blowing someone's mind, but it depends on what I'm trying to do. Is there a very specific combo I want to get going or does it not really matter? I, I tend to go, I, I guess probably 44 is probably typically where I would be like, okay, that's enough, but I have made 50 card decks. Mm -hmm. Well, I really like these cards and I like what they do. I like the conversations you have around the table when you go to the mall with your friends. All right. You know? I think that's cool. Hey, Ma, we're going to nowhere to buy power converters. Okay, be back for dinner. Yeah, absolutely. Very fun. So what about this campaign as a thing? I mean, I guess we should review that, eh? Eh, yeah, we should. Eh. Oh, yeah, that's my cue, hey? My cue, eh? Is it eh? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I love this one. Uh, I like it better than Red Skull thematically and in terms of challenge. And in, just in terms of how the villains play out, it's creative. That's all I got to say. It's great. Now, Mike, would you say that that is a universal assessment from the scuttlebutt you've heard around the interwebs? Uh, I would say everyone is entitled to their opinions and they're all equally <laughs> valid. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say it's, it's really hard. I think the funniest I have heard was that this is an absolutely fantastic four scenario campaign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that's sort of how I feel about it. Play the game you want to play, right? 
just mm. yeah. Uh, I love the modular sets. They're a blast. And I really like the the theminess and putting them elsewhere, like when I threw all the space stuff in Red Skull. And I love it when they do that, when you can tie groups of modular sets together. Mm. Yeah, I, I would say I like the campaign. I like that the campaign is different than Red Skull. It's different than Mad Titan Shadow. I don't want the same campaign style in each of my campaign boxes. Sure. Right. Um, I want to be able to do something different and have different tactics. It's obviously harder than Red Skull. I don't think anyone's going to debate that. Um, nope. It it can be a lot of fun, and it provides you some interesting choices. You know, and not just at the market, but who you're going to bring, what you're going to, you know, how you're going to tackle the Badoon Headhunter and the campaign challenge cards and that sort of thing. Yeah. One thing I appreciate is you could play it multiple times and play it differently. I, I'm going to have to play it again and buy a bunch of these market cards that you guys talked about, and it'll be a completely different campaign for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the one thing I find as a disappointment for the Rise of Red Skull is there are all those really cool obligation cards. Never use them in the campaign, right? I In that one, like, if you die, you have to you come back, but you get an obligation. It just never came up. So, mm. well, you should just uh, throw them in. Throw them in, right? Yeah. Mike, you've got a, you've got a, some videos of you doing that. So I was trying to think of how we could use the market in other games, not just campaign mode. And it's not fully fleshed out, but my idea was something along the lines of, so you're playing in standard. Consider that you have one unit cost, and you could you could buy a market card. Uh, you're going to play standard two. Now you've got two unit. You're going to play expert. You've got three expert. Two, you have four. Every obligation you put in your deck is another unit. So you could like yeah. ramp up the difficulty on one end by using obligations and playing in harder modes, and buy some of these cards so you get to use them. Th- right. That's what I want to do. I own these cards. I want to use these cards. Yeah. So it's a great idea. You touched on something big here in that. This is just a bunch of cards. It's not tied to a specific campaign. So the rules are kind of up to you. Like if you got small kids and they don't want a lot of challenge, they can just go to the market before Drang. You could tell them just pick three cards and it's totally fine. It will work. It won't break anything. You can't really do that with Red Skull just based on how the reward system works. Like there isn't a market. It's all very closely tied to what that scenario is trying to do. All right, if this happened, then you get this reward. If this yeah. happened, you get this penalty. Yeah. Same with Mad Titan Shadow, right? That campaign acts different than both of these. Yeah, very much so. It has food. <laughs> well, in that one, it's if you beat this side scheme, you flip it over, and you get this reward, right. and then this thing happens, and you have to complete certain objectives during the campaign scenarios in order to earn the... Right. scenario rewards so that Which doesn't is, really work yeah that's my favorite way of doing it but i also appreciated that you know red skull i appreciated the simplicity of the red skull system right you know i think it that was the right call in the first campaign yeah but i like what you're saying steve about these market cards um being available as a yet another way to just personalize your game and as mike likes to say play the game you want to play totally cool idea well, if I'm going to be known for anything. You're known for that and being just a general all-around nice guy. And bananas. <laughs> and bananas. Bananas. <laughs> and and for it still being your birthday somehow? <laughs> <laughs> like um, I wasn't not going to live that to its fullest. Good on you. Good on you. Um, so 
for my part, I've come around to liking this campaign. I didn't really at first, and I was basically I was so soured on Ronan that uh, I let it impact my opinions and thoughts about the first four scenarios. But I really love Escape the Museum. Yeah, it's so it's a so great, different. it's a great one. It's different. Like we had talked about that early on in issue twenty something, maybe I don't know. Like, wouldn't it be nice if it wasn't always just punching the bad guy out? And so it was nice. It was a nice yep. change of pace. It was. It's a tense. It's a tense scenario, and it's not all that like fiddly either. Some of these are just fiddly, like the collection one is. It's there's management issues with this one for me, um, but the skate museum was great. I like Nebula a lot. Yeah, she's a hard challenge, and I yeah. think Drang is Drang is a great standalone scenario. It's a bunch of minions doing minion stuff with some little interesting pieces. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of good in this box. If you had to give the whole campaign a grade. Mm. Well, before our conversation tonight, I would have said maybe a B minus. But now with all the, the conversation we've had about the market, and I've come around to some things there, kind of reassessing each scenario just now at the end, listening to Mike's positivity, I'm going to go B plus. Hmm. Okay. Ronan keeps it from an A. Because uh, it really yeah. is only four scenarios I'll ever play. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say B for, you know, for what it's worth. No, I mean, I like it. There's a lot of good. I, I wouldn't, I would have said, yeah, like B plus because of like your idea about the market cards and stuff. I like that. That's really neat. and Allows for some flexibility and the modular sets are good in this. A plus. Oh, what? oh yeah, man. I get to fly around in a spaceship and fight aliens with a whole bunch of cool cards and every scenario is doing something different. A plus. And it's challenging. Yep. Wow. Yep. Perfect score. Mike is the power gamer of the show, if people haven't figured that out. <laughs> yeah. I don't even play expert. Well, okay. <laughs> you, just, you just skip right to heroic too, right? Yeah. How about you, Steve? What do you think? I think I think you're right around a B. Um, I think, I, you know, A plus seems too high to me, but I don't, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to judge. I, I'm curious how this will hold up over time. And mm -hmm. as the card pool grows and power creep for heroes inevitably happens because they're heroes. Um, I think it, <laughs> I think this campaign will, will hold up and uh, people will come back around to it because they'll, you know, they'll want a, a better challenge with, you know, their Uber hero types. So. Sure. Well, thanks for this conversation, gentlemen. This was fun. That was great. Always nice to hear what other people are thinking. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to say before Mike takes us out next week, Issue 100. It's going to be a mega colossal super oh my goodness. issue. Oh boy. So it's going to be like 36 minutes? Yeah, 42. <laughs> oh my. All right. So you can expect quite a bit. And then after that, we're going to start volume three, and we have a lot of fun stuff planned. So stay with us, folks. Stick around. Uh, Mike, how could they get a hold of us? Well, folks, we've got 99 problems, but our listeners ain't one. Email us. We want to hear from you. <laughs> criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find us on YouTube by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And you can find us on Discord. Just look for Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Nebula. We like Nebula. Take us out. I went, I bested you in combat. No, I saved your life. Well, you were stupid enough to let me live. 
You let me live. I don't need you always trying to beat me. I'm not the one that just flew across the universe just because I wanted to win. Do not tell me what I want. I don't need to tell you what you want. It's obvious. You were the one who wanted to win, and I just wanted a sister. Though the Badoon were formidable, <laughs> the team... Yeah. <laughs> I read that line for the first time ever. 